Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMC-FM at HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Now back to 95.7 The Game. It's Shamari Block and Dan Avong. Game day here on 95.7 The Game coming up later tonight at 5.20. It will be the San Francisco 49ers on the road taking on the Denver Broncos. A battle between the Denver Broncos, a battle between two one-and-one teams. So something has got to give. The Denver Broncos, despite the one-and-one start, you would think that they were 0-6 with the way that Nathaniel Hackett has certainly come under fire. I don't might be premature for any coach who's doing this for the first time to be on a hot seat. But, you know, if you listen to the Boo Birds, despite winning last week against Houston, there was certainly a lot of chrism and deservedly so the way he handled the play clock, the game clock, and just overall for two games now has looked like he's completely beyond his bandwidth and over his skis, however it is that you want to phrase. There's there's a difference because, of course, he came from the Green Bay Packers, right, where he was the offensive coordinator. He got along with Aaron Rodgers. Remember all the talk over the offseason because of the relationship between the two that that was supposed to be the landing spot for Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, once again, yeah, with the uncertainty, yeah. wasn't going back to Green Bay, and everybody was trying to add two and two together and saying, okay, He's going to be reunited with Nathaniel Hackett and go to the Denver Broncos. That never happened. But he was successful, obviously, as the OC with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But there's something to be said. We've seen this before. When a coach leaves the comfortable confines of that of the press box and now has to go down on the sidelines, and there's a whole lot of fires that you're putting out including managing the game clock and knowing exactly what to do uh, in certain parts of the field and how to manage your team and and making sure that you know you're not running burning time out all these sort of things that either he did not take into account did not properly prepare for but it's pretty obvious that if you were to pick one coach uh, this early into the campaign that you would say uh, if there's one guy that's going to get canned before anybody else if we were to take odds and why not they bet on everything else in the NFL I would say that Nathaniel Hackett has to lead that parade right now is being the first guy to get fired in the National Football League. And keep in mind that the Denver Broncos have a new ownership group. They didn't hire this guy. They have no history with these guys. This is this is Walmart ownership, all right? So <laughs> the Waltons. If, if they gotta buy out this dude's contract, if they got like that's a that's a pimple on their ass. I could care less. Money is no object with these guys. Okay, but let's just be honest though. The person that should be leading the hot seat charge. Is Josh McDaniels. Now, now let's get back to Nathaniel Hackett. Because everyone's talking about 
decision-making and all this. First things first, his team's one and one. He is one and one. Maybe he'll be two and one today. Maybe he'll be one and two. I don't know. But people are talking about like two decisions. Two. A football coach makes a hundred decisions every game and a thousand decisions every week, okay? And everybody's talking about two decisions. Now, were they weird and stupid? Sure. Wait, what two decisions are you referring to? Well, I'm talking about the, the decision to not go for it and kick a 63-yard field goal and then the decision to, 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 to uh, not kick a 41-yard field goal. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, but he also burned timeouts and ran the play clock ran out on him. It got to a point where the Dever fans were counting down the play clock. I mean, they were. he got booed 11 times. But again, though, Dan, what I'm saying, though, is, is that this dude makes a thousand decisions a week, and even if you want to add the 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 timeouts, like he's made four really bad ones in two weeks. He's made enough good decisions for this team to be one and one. He no one really thought that the Denver Broncos were going to tear up the league to begin with. Now here's what I will oh, say: there are people out there that thought they were the. I've heard a lot of people felt that they could win that AFC West. Really, because I said they were coming in third ahead of the Raiders, and so far I'm right about that. Uh, but. But that here's the thing, though, is that you have Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson, I think he's thrown two touchdowns in the pick in the first two games. This is Russell Wilson. If you're not getting the most out of Russell Wilson, you also have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. You have you have a fairly decent you have decent weapons there. You have a good quarterback. Well, better than decent. Corbin you should, Sutton and Jerry Judy, I would say, are pretty, well, pretty good. Well, but you should be getting more out of this offense, and that's what I will say. And, and anytime an offensive coach goes somewhere and the defense is good and the offense sucks, I'm like, Brian Billick got fired for this exact scenario, right? So <laughs> that's a thing to concern. That's why he – that's where he's falling short. But, hey, he's one. He's one and one, man, right now. He's not 0-3. Josh McDaniels is 0-3, and he got – destroyed, you got destroyed today by a Tennessee Titans team that looked like Derrick Henry was on his last leg two weeks ago, and now it looks like it's 2020 again. If he comes in, if, if the Niners come in and they beat the Denver Broncos in in Denver, right? Maybe the hot seat, though. But I say give this guy, I don't know, you know, let's give him four weeks before we, let's give him, let's let him, let him get to game five. Okay. Let's get him to get to week five before we start putting him on the hot seat, man, because he's done some good things. He has. Yeah. I think there's plenty of time. Listen, we always talk about overreaction. That's the world everybody lives in, in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I love over, I love a yeah, reaction. Nothing wrong with it, man. Otherwise we, we wouldn't, we'd be unemployed. <laughs> we feed the beast of well, those of you that no, we'd be employed just no one to listen it was like yeah so you know reasonable things everybody reasonable things yeah, and we'd people be like doing one of those podcasts <laughs> one of a million podcasts and no one gives a rip about but no here's the thing when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett I think look it's so much time there's so much meat on the bone he'll, he'll figure things out and hopefully you'll look back on this in retrospect and say yeah remember after the slow start and now Denver is a relevant team <laughs> here's what I would be I think the 49ers there's two ways of looking at this right Shamari mm-hmm but the 49ers are catching Denver at the perfect time because, as you mentioned, they've got talent. And Russell Wilson is still learning his new team. And maybe Russell Wilson becomes Russell Wilson, but that won't happen towards the middle of the season, maybe November or December. And Jerry, everyone's getting on the same page, including Nathaniel Hackett. So they're, they're getting a team that's in flux early on in the season. So they're, they're getting them at the right time. And also, you can think of this – that maybe Nathaniel 
Hackett recognizes the pressure, recognizes, and how could he not unless he's living in a cave, <laughs> recognizes the criticism that this is, this is an animal that's backed into a corner and that he's going to come out firing and that there's going to be a sense of desperation, which sounds ridiculous this early in the season, but he might be fighting for his, his coaching life. He may come out with a serious purpose that maybe you otherwise wouldn't see in week three, but because of all the criticism, it's going to be very evident tonight. See, but that's the, that's just insane. That, that, uh, listen, the criticism is deserved. He looked like about as big as a doofus as you can in terms of decision-making two weeks in a row. But again, if we get to the end of this season and this team wins 10, 11 games, uh, I mean, are people going to still talk about it a little bit? Yeah, but nobody's going to scare. Yet those yahoos in Denver that booed him 11 times, they're going to be, hack it, hack it. They're going to love him, okay? So so it kind of makes me think of Gabe Kapler. Remember Gabe Kapler's first season, and he did all this wacky stuff, and like it was like, why was this guy out of position? And then the ball gets hit, and it's like, why would you do that, right? Okay, great. When we got to 107 wins, <laughs> then everybody's like, we love Kapler, okay? So if it looks weird, like it did the first two weeks, but but it turns into wins, man. I don't. I, I listen. I think Nathaniel Hackett's in a good place right now, man. He's. His defense gave up nine points in week one. They gave up 17 points in week two. In week, in week one, the defense is legit. The offense is not legit. But you got you got some playmakers. Gordon, you got Wilson. And to your point, to your point, this is, this is all going to what you're saying. <laughs> you know what, man? It's – at some point, all of these outstanding football players they have on offense – are going to figure it out. <laughs> and you you definitely hope it doesn't happen tonight, right? It could though. It yeah. could, man. It could. And and furthermore, even if it doesn't, and I know I've said this way too many times for your taste, Dad, in the last 24 hours, there's a the Russell Wilson factor. <laughs> the Russell Wilson owns you. And and if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know this. You you played against him for five seasons, man. You know. He's your boogeyman, dude. I said Russell Wilson is my boogeyman. Russell Wilson is also Kyle Shanahan's boogeyman. And when he sees that dude across the line, man, it's like, it's like you, you, your confidence. Like, oh, we, we have a game plan to figure him out this time. But the first time things start going wrong, the first time you see him break out of the pocket, that panic sets in. And it might affect his psych, him psychologically, like psyops, psychological warfare on Kyle Shanahan, and and he might be the one making a Nathaniel Hackett esque mistake this week, man. Who knows? Well, you could be right, but up until this point, he showed no signs at all. There are no indicators that Russell Wilson is going to return to being that guy. He looks at least a step, if not a step and a half, slower. He looks at least another ten to fifteen pounds heavier. And I just don't see the escapability with this guy anymore. I get it. I get it that you always have to respect him because he is Russell Wilson. He will be in the Hall of Fame one day. But as of right now, the guy that we've seen early on in the season, he's not on the same page, I think, offensively with his team. It looks a little it looks a little weird. It looks, you know, the furthest thing from being fluid with that offense with Russell Wilson. But, it but is, he will it is, get it at some point. It's a new offense. Yeah. It really it is. I'd be more afraid of Javante Williams and Mel Gordon. I think Javante Williams running the ball, Melvin Gordon, I think. Because those are, those are backs 
that they don't they run to space, but they're they can run you over too. They they play through contact. Yeah, the Niners have, the the Niners haven't given up a whole lot of rush yards this season in the first two weeks. And I know it was Rashad Penny and and company, and it was the Bears. But you know they they no one's really done anything them in, in with them against the in the running game. Geno Smith, man, last week, he didn't beat the Niners, but Geno Smith completed a lot of passes, and he completed some pretty good passes. So you can get in there and make some plays against us. And let's not forget that while, that while you know, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a great game, man. You had, you had two big plays by the Bears offense on broken plays, and that's what Russell – Russell Wilson is going to give you one of those. Russell Wilson, is he going to escape time and time again? I don't know. He's going to do it twice. He's going to do it twice, and if those dudes is out of position like they were against the Bears, man, you will have the same or a worse result because you're talking about a guy that he might he might look like a he might look like a, a funhouse chubby mirror version of himself, <laughs> but that dude can still throw the football. He might not be able to move the same. That arm, that arm didn't go anywhere. I don't know that. I think you're. I, I think first of all, you're not giving Justin Fields enough credit, and secondly, I think you're giving too much credit. To Russell Wilson. To Russell Wilson. If you think that he's just going to get to the outside. Because when Justin Fields, it's not that he just got to the outside. Justin Fields had remarkable athleticism to break contain mm-hmm. and to keep the play alive. I just don't think Russell still has that in his bag. I hope not, because I want to see a win. Like I don't want I don't want to I don't want to like get to eight o'clock tonight and I'm sitting here like, you know, sad and depressed, like drink a whole six pack of racer fives, man. And I'm sitting there like, I can't believe this. He did it again. I'm okay. Listen, if it happens, Dan, the first person I'm calling everybody is Dan DeVoe. I'll be like, I told you, man. You know what's funny? Don't doubt that. Is that I remember? I'm I'm, going to be sad. A year ago, you had this exact same conversation. I don't think I was hosting the show, but I do remember listening to you, and you were forewarning everybody almost, almost. A, a blueprint of what you're saying right now. That Seven. watch out for Russell Wilson, and it all came to life. And Russell had not played well going into that. He had it. Game. Seventeen and four. That's that. Listen, that is a sufficient sample size to say that somebody owns you. Seventeen and four. Last twenty one games. Seventeen and four in his career. That wait. That's against Harbaugh. That's against Tom Sula. <laughs> that's against Chip Kelly. That that's that's with Kaepernick starting. That's with Blake. Uh, 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 what was his name? Oh, never mind. That that, that that's with um, Brian Hoyer starting. He probably beat Nick Mullins. He beat C.J. Beathard. He's beat Jimmy G. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like if you got on a red and gold uniform, man, Russell Wilson owns you. And I hate to sound like I, 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 I'm not a superstitious dude like that. I'm a scientific kind of like numerical thinker in terms of that. And what the numbers tell me is that there's something to Russell Wilson beating the Niners. All right. Well, we'll find out again coming like up this, tonight. This, this isn't even superstition, man, okay? I'm just saying. It, it, it's, it might not be logical, but the numbers support what I'm saying. At some point, you got to put those demons to bed. At some point, maybe tonight's the night. Where that comes to an end. Russell Wilson's retirement ceremony, man. That's when these demons get put to bed. I hate going against you, but I, I'm sorry, man. When Yo, I Dan, that- I hope you're right and I'm wrong, man. But it's just something to it. And again, again, you can look at Russell Wilson throughout his career. And and here's the other part. And Cam said this. Me and Cam, we're watching the we're watching the we're listening to the uh, the Chiefs and the Colts game. Cam, and we're talking producer. about yeah, yeah, yeah shout, shout out Cam behind the glass. We're talking about it and and he said, "Well, is it is it running quarterbacks that that the Niners have problems with?" 
And I'm like, no, it's not running quarterbacks. It's elusive quarterbacks, man. Guys that that have a way of being slippery. Yeah. And Russell Wilson, he even if he's not gonna, you know, beat you to the outside, that dude, he's he, you don't lose slipperiness. That that sticks with you. And Kyler Murray, even though he doesn't watch a lick of film, is slippery. And Russell Wilson is slippery. And Patrick Mahomes is not the runner that other quarterbacks are, but that dude is slippery as a snake. And in the Super Bowl, you saw what happens. And last week, or in week one, you saw, and maybe it was aided by the rain, (laughs) Justin Fields was pretty slippery in that game too. You know, you bring up an interesting point. Running quarterbacks. If I'm a coach or a GM, and I know they're so in vogue today, right, and Lamar Jackson sort of leads the way, and everybody wants some sort of version of an RPO or at least the threat, at least lodging that on the back of the heads of defensive coordinators that RQB has the ability to run the ball. I'll tell you this, Shamari, if I was the coach of a football team in the National Football League, obviously I'm not, I don't want a running quarter. I would never design a play. And this has nothing to do with what happened. Well, I guess partially it does with what happened at <laughs> training. Yeah. But here's the, here's the fine line, and maybe what we're conflating here is that Yes, I want an athletic quarterback, but an athletic quarterback does not necessarily mean a guy that's going to be a running quarterback. You're right. Russell Wilson has always been an athletic quarterback, but I wouldn't consider him a running quarterback. Now, when he does run, he does it on his own terms. Like, he dictates his own fate. There's a big difference of running off the A gap on a design play as opposed to everything's broken down, I broke contain. Now I'm going to decide whether I'm going to throw a run. And if I do run, these are pretty much on my terms. Now you can always get hurt. But if I decide to run, I can get down into a slide. I can use the boundary to get out, out of bounds. And you don't see Russell Wilson get squared up and hurt very often. It happens, but the guy's been in the league long enough. And the same can be said about Kyler Murray to a certain degree. Like you can have athletic quarterbacks, but athletic quarterbacks – to me, do not necessarily mean running quarterbacks. I don't want my quarterback, and I don't even care if it's Josh Allen, to ever run the ball on a design run. If things break down and you see that you've got a pasture in front of you and you can be judicious, go ahead and use your athleticism to run. What I want in a quarterback in terms of an athlete is not running the ball, but to your point, being elusive and buying time if the pocket breaks down. Yeah, because – the difference, the difference between a Patrick Mahomes and I'll go back to a John Elway and, you know, again, Trent Green, okay? It's that when the pocket is collapsing, can you overcome that? Now, you can overcome that with being able to throw off your back foot, right? Like some dudes could just, oh, I'm, I can't move, but I can throw off my back foot and get the ball there. You can, you can overcome that by being able to escape the pocket. You can also overcome that by being slippery and like, I'm going to slip this way and break out to the right. That's what, but that, that's what separates the good quarterbacks from the, the random mediocre ones is, okay, great. Every NFL quarterback that's worth his weight in salt, okay? He drops back. He has time to throw. Someone gets open. He completes that pass, right? Like that, I would say that 90% of the guys that can do that. Then you have like the fifty the top fifty percent that okay uh, the the defense tricked me I have to go to my third read or fourth read right okay and, and then I can get the ball there right that the the top five guys that top five percent not even no the top one percent I guess you would say the top one percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL when everything goes wrong 
they still make a play. The Patrick Mahomes with, oh, I'm just going to, you know, run all the way to the right and throw the ball all the way to the left, 70 yards on the field, and no one can stop it. The, the, the guys like that, and those are the guys that you need. And Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's throwing is underrated. It's way, way, way underrated. Look at his passing numbers. Look at his passing touchdown numbers year after year, right? Lamar Jackson's a passer. I don't want my my running my quarterback to be a runner either, man. I, and especially on the design, I want my quarterback running because he got flushed out of the pocket and he saw real estate. Now, the reason you see quarterbacks running is to help the running backs, right? If the if the defense thinks it has to defend the quarterback, then that's going to open up lanes for the running back, which is why you see options, speed options, and zone reads and things like that. But the thing that I saw in the Niners offense when Trey Lance ran it was was there was no option to hand the ball off or or the primary ball care on that play was Trey Lance instead of because the way the way I think that it, it should be done is okay Trey stick the ball in the running back's belly if you have 20 yards of grass ahead of you run it otherwise let the ball go I remember when we ran the triple option, the triple option uh, 12, 13 veer offense, okay? You got the dive, you got the quarterback, and then you got the pitch. My 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 uh my offensive coordinator told our quarterback, listen, <laughs> if all else fails, give the ball to the fullback because he's running a dive and minimally he should get two or three yards on that. So don't really get too caught up with running around. Now, my my junior year, our, our quarterback, that dude loved to like he never he never gave the dive. He never and he never pitched it, man. He would try to take it his, himself. Our senior year, man, that he would he just he he gave the ball the dive back like 80% of the time. And our running back, Orlando Cotton, at that point, man, that dude, like he was good. He was good for five or six a pop. He was all league. So earlier today, we talked about how the Buffalo Bills were upset. I don't know if you can call it an upset. We'll find out in a couple of months. But the Miami Dolphins, at least early on, look legit with two and company. Very good again today. And Mike McDaniel, the former offensive coordinator right here with the San Francisco 49ers, has been everything is advertised out there in Miami as they improve to 3-0. and Shamari, the video that you're going to be seeing for days to come and certainly this entire week is Ken Dorsey. The defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills has a complete meltdown in the booth. Oh, Ken, that's a local dude, man. Yes, Ken Dorsey, the former quarterback. Uh, right? For the Niners, but also he's from the 707 somewhere. Is it the same Ken Dorsey? Why would yeah. he be a D coordinator? Oh, wait, really? I thought he, I thought it was, I thought it was the offensive coordinator. No, I'm pretty sure that we're talking about Ken Dorsey, the defensive coordinator. Oh, okay, no, okay. I thought, I thought, yeah, okay. Maybe it's a different Ken Dorsey. Okay. Oh, it was the offensive coordinator. You're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah that's Ken yeah, Dorsey, yeah. University of Miami. He's University from, he's from Miami, like yeah. Fairfield. He went to sacks. He he Former went to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, he's Ken a local Dorsey. dude, and he was the Niners quarterback. Martin Vallejo was a big Ken Dorsey fan so at one point. He has the ultimate, ultimate meltdown in the booth today. And I don't know whether it was what I referred to earlier when the running back just simply didn't understand, you know, clock management and to get down to give themselves another play. But he goes off. And you know how we live in a world, a virtual world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where guys go nuts like that on video, everybody's hey, going to correct, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but I'm like 80% sure that Ken Dorsey was the Niners' backup quarterback to Jeff Garcia. The year when Garcia completed the against the Rams, Garcia completes a pass to Cedric Wilson, and all Cedric Wilson had to do was catch the ball, get down, and then get a field goal attempt to beat the Rams. And Cedric Wilson runs all around the field until the clock runs out like a freaking doofus. 
Ken Dorsey, apparently a Miramani product. Shout out to or- Orinda. That's what I was. He's a local dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. He's a little rich boy too. Yeah. Out there in Mar- Miramani. <laughs> yeah. Orinda. By the way, the Comcast business text line. We've been ignoring the text line, so I want to get out here. The five one no top evasive quarterbacks are only evasive for their first few years. The top quarterbacks of all time are not evasive in their later. You really? Because I feel like John Elway. In his last year, he couldn't throw the ball like he used to, but he could still escape out of that pocket at 38 years old, man. The same with Brett Favre was also someone that was, again, not a runner, but he was like big, he was strong, and he can get out of the pocket. And when he broke contain out of the pocket, watch well, out. I think a lot of people will point to Tom Brady, but when you point at Tom Brady, the one thing you have to, first of all, calculate is that he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And secondly, what he makes up for of his inability to get out of the pocket at this age mm-hmm. is the quick release and the smart. So the ball's coming out so quickly from that of Tom Brady that that's sort of his equivalent of buying time in the pocket. The 408 on the Comcast business but I'm text line. You've got to see. Oh, did he go to oh, Akalani's? We're going to watch this. or Akalani's? I'm getting two different reports here because I know there are rivals out there in Marinda, uh, Piedmont, Orinda, that Akalani's and Miramani, I believe, are two longtime rivals. So which one is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna mind. we're gonna Google this, man. We're gonna Google this, man. Well, I'm putting it. I'm just having fun at the expense of the text line. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. We, when I'm wrong on the text line, listen. Somebody's right. Somebody's wrong. But he goes. I don't nuts. know. Fire takes off the headset, throws it down, and then just goes into a serious rage for a good 10, 15 seconds. Okay, I mean, but do you like this? I, li- I like that. I, I, I want to see that. He should be ticked off. And you know what? I want. I want to see him yell at that running. <laughs> I can in the locker know, room. Man. My coaches, I want a little level-headed, man. I'm sort of like, I'm sort of the maybe the head coach, but not no. No, my coordinator should be nutballs, man. <laughs> well, this dude definitely, I think he qualifies. All right, we continue half hour to go before we hand things off to Low Neal and of course our Larry Kruger to get you ready for the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Our pregame show will continue. We see you on the phone lines. Hang in there. We got to get to a break. We continue. Shamari Block and Danavone taking you right up until 3 o'clock before we hand it off. The pregame, the pre-pregame show continues right after this on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. It's Shamari Block and Dan Avone. Welcome to the last half hour before we hand things off to the pregame show. Taking you right up until kickoff. 520 
Tonight they do it from Denver, where the Denver Broncos take on the San Francisco 49ers. Always difficult for a road team, although Kyle Shanahan, one of the best road records in the NFL. Remember a year ago, the last couple of years, not very good at home, but they could do it on the road. But when you're playing, there's certain places that there's on the road and there's going to a place like Mile High where you have to deal the with altitude. the conditions and the altitude. Do you buy it? Because the one thing about San Francisco when you talk about altitude is that obviously you think about the bigs, right? The big heavies, the big guys trying to get their lungs and trying to get their, you know, it could have more an effect on the bigger fellows in the trenches, both on the offensive and the defensive line, especially on the defensive line. But one of the things that the 49ers have always done, going back to the days of Bill Walsh, is that they've, they and, and Kyle Shanahan as well, they have depth, and maybe not to the extent of 2019, but they pulse through more than just four or six guys, right? I mean, they have two legitimate starting lines, right? Like the the, the backups could be a starting defensive line on another team. So you're not worried about that, but you you, you got to worry about the – it's not the big – they're not running. They're, they're sitting there pushing each other, man, like like a, like a bunch of the hogs, man, okay? They're, they're not running. Now, now the people that have to cover ground, your safeties, your cornerbacks, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, they're out there running around. Yeah. They, they, they live in that altitude – if you're but Mooney, you get, you you're Mooney Ward, off. and you're huh? You get plays off though if you're a corner, right? Because you if do. there's a running play, then you're like, all right, let me get my breath back. If I'm a defensive lineman, you're going every single play, and then as we had talked about, somebody breaks contain, I got to go chase him down. A running back gets to the outside, I got to go chase him down. I think guys on the interior, they're the ones I worry about because first of all, they're big to begin with, and they can't take any plays off as a corner. You know, yeah, you got to run if somebody's coming your way, but how often? What are the percentages of balls that come your way? I would say less than. But you're still. But you, know, but you have to. You, if they're running the fly route, you're running thirty yards down the field. You, you're not. You're not. You're not just being like, all right, well, <laughs> all right, well, they're going to throw it that way, so I'm just going to sit here and let dude run butt naked open down the field, <laughs> man. You you got to run. You're going to run every play, and when it's a run play, you're in pursuit. Like those guys on, run more man. than There's, everybody. You know, corners are like they come up and they like do this. You know, the- you do not get to be a quarterback in the NFL in 2022 if you don't know how to tackle, especially a Niners quarterback. Yeah, well, if they're coming your way and you're supplying support or setting the edge, but if it's the other way, you know, if you're the corner on the opposite side of the field, you and the in the wide receiver, you both know you're not in this play, and you. Sort of- At the end of the day, though, every listen. Let's go to the the let's go to the NBA. Both Utah and the and Denver, man, the Nuggets, they both have an advantage, home court yeah. advantage, and, and and this is basketball. Like you, you're not getting hit, you're not, you don't have all those other aspects, and yeah, I guess you're running more than an NFL player would, but you're also, it's basketball, man. Like football, there is a definite home field advantage when you live up in elevation and a team comes from sea level. That's a thing. So let's give some clarification. And, 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 and then Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Russell Wilson. You need to get over that. He's just a pudgy. I'm gonna get, listen, man. hey, if they, you want to shut me up, Dan, you want me to you want me to stop talking about then, then tell your boy Kyle Shanahan and company to go out there and beat this dude because they haven't shown they could do it, man. But you got the elevation. You got a hell of a defense. You got these weapons. All right, let me just clarify the Ken Dorsey, where he went to school. And this is thanks in large part to our man, our buddy Ryan Covey. Who came yeah, yeah, shout out Covey. Yeah. Ryan Covey came with Ken Dorsey was from, are you ready? 
Miramani High Miramani, School. Miramani, yeah. Miramani High School. And we probably said Akalani's and he just threw up in his mouth. Sorry, my <laughs> man. Well, he's doing a lot more than just throwing up in his mouth. By the way, the reason we're talking about Ken Dorsey from Miramani High School, from Hayward apparently, is that he just went buck wild today. The offensive coordinator for that of the Buffalo Bills just came unglued. And I'm sure it's video that's going to circulate. I'm, it's already gone viral. I'll be I, honest. I'll watch it during the break. It'll be coming to a theater br- near you in a matter of moments. That theater brought to you by your cell phone. So yeah, we, we got three hours in between. When we, we got two hours in between when you and me get off air and when the Niner games start. I'm, I'm going to watch that Ken Dorsey video. about Because like, there's going off and then there's, oh, my God. I think it might be that no, last no, when play. No, no, when you said he went off, I was like, okay, whatever. I've, I've seen a guy, you know, knock a drink over or something, man. He 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 takes a headset off. He slams a headset on the floor. He knocks a chair back. He goes all in, man. Oh, my God. It is so good. And, yeah, and, and again, I, level, I, I, I like passion. I like passion, man. I like passion. Uh, that might guys. be a bit much for me. You want, especially your offensive coordinators, to be a little level-headed. But I think that a lot of that, it, I don't know this, but I think that it was in direct reaction to the last play of the game, where they weren't they weren't able to they weren't able to clock the ball and at least have one more play for Josh Allen. That's okay, the but, most frustrating way well, to again, end the so, contest. So again, remember Dallas last year? Yeah, the way things oh, yeah. ended. In front, I could see an offensive coordinator also going nuts there. You know, because Dak Prescott had a snowball's chance. Even if they clock it, they probably gonna win that game. That was in legitimate range to make something happen. <laughs> And and listen, you Dan Devone, you're Ken Dorsey, okay? Keep in mind he's like 40, he's not, so he he's still you know he still has like that little hot headed youngish dude thing going on, okay? You're sitting up in there at booth, you call the perfect play, it works, it works, okay? And here goes this this Yahoo backup running back blowing it, okay? Like I'm not saying Dan Devone slams a headset down and knocks things over, you're pretty peed, you're pretty uh, teed off, man. I just go serenity now, serenity now. <laughs> you're gonna. He's like, I just can't. I, I just gotta get home to jump in the bay and swim without a without a wetsuit on in the coldest water ever. <laughs> All right. So the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, you surprised at the line because the line started with the 49ers getting points. They were underdogs, and now, and of course, this was in direct correlation with Trey Lance not being available, I think, and Jimmy Garoppolo now the starting. Well, it couldn't have been. The line had come yeah, out. Yeah, no, no. Trey Lance. But now they got – I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot to do with this. They have gone from being underdogs to now being favored by a point and a half out there in Denver. So. Okay, wait. Am I supposed to address this, the line or that, that Jimmy Garoppolo no, has a factor? No, I think Jimmy Garoppolo – I think it's given – Goodness I, gracious. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has given a level of security. I think that – there was this weird stew that was sort of brewing in the locker room. Like, we like Trey Lance, but we really want Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. I mean, if you were to believe the Chris Sims of the world, that there were legitimate people in that locker room that still wanted Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback because Trey Lance, nothing against him personally, just because of his his lack of consistency. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, I'm not saying that wasn't true. Chris Sims has zero credibility with me. Here's why. why. Really? Here's why. Here's why. First things first, he was the guy reporting the Mac Jones stuff. Oh, I, me and Kyle Shanahan, we pat this. We go back. He wants Mac Jones. I'm like, okay, well, sure, whatever. That that turned out to well, not be true. Well, but that may not be not true. It turned out to it, not be true. Well, he didn't draft him, but it doesn't mean that Kyle Shanahan didn't want him. Because if you were to listen to, and of course we're really going down a rabbit hole, there's also reports out there that Kyle Shanahan's arm got twisted and that he was voted 
down in terms of being unanimous, two to one by Lynch and that of the owner, that they wanted to go Trey Lance. And he was the one guy in the room saying, no, I want, you know, I want my man, the kid out of Alabama, okay. University of Alabama. Okay, but here goes the other part about Chris Sims, okay? Chris Sims had a short, very, very brief NFL career. He played for the Bucks. He hurt his spleen. It was horrible. He looked like he might beat somebody one he day. A, he had his spleen removed. Yeah, no, no, they, but he got his spleen destroyed. And that's why I had it in the game yeah, yeah, while no, he played for the Bucks. And his career has been over for 16, 17 years, okay? Now, if you've been out the league for that long and you're a Hall of Famer, maybe some young guys is talking to you, okay? But who in that who in that Niners locker room, full of guys in their in their late 20s, right, is talking to 42-year-old Chris Sims who hasn't played in the league in 15 years and is not someone that like you would look at as a as a mentor. Oh man, Chris, like you know, he, he's not he's not Michael Irvin. He's he, Jerry Rice. He, he's not Joe Montana, Steve Young. I just I don't believe. Now I'm not saying he doesn't have guys in some locker rooms, but the fact that just somebody in that locker room talks to Chris Sims on a regular basis, I don't believe it. Or maybe it's coming via Kyle Shanahan. I don't now, know. Now maybe that's maybe that. Will, now you but, know what? now I that can, I would believe, but I don't, I don't believe there's some 28 year old dude that'd be like, "Oh man, Chris, let me tell you something, partner." Not that this is a this show is a referendum on Chris Sims, but the reason why he's because he's one of the few guys I will defend. No, he knows quarterbacking. There like his, is his a quarterbacking lot of rankings are legit. Out there, a lot of yahoos that got a live mic on ESPN, and I can't even keep up with them. Everybody now thinks they're an expert. But the reason you're right when Chris Sims talks. He's usually spot on, man, and I do believe him. And when it comes to quarterbacks, there was one guy that was howling at the moon when it came to Josh Allen. I do remember this specifically, and he said, that's the guy you want to draft. And he said, don't look at the tape at Wyoming because, you know, it's Wyoming first of all, but this guy has got what it needs to be, what what is required to be a good quarterback. He was the only guy. And when it came to Justin Herbert, he was the exact same thing. Justin Herbert needs to go number one. And how many teams pass? He's done this continuously. So to me, I'm just the opposite. He's one of the few guys that I actually will listen to. Well, see, that's Steve, my thing. Steve Young being the other. Well, no, so Steve, again, yes. Steve Young. Steve Young is the pinnacle of goodness. But here's my thing with Chris Sims. If the question is about football, yes. I don't believe he's just sitting chopping it up with dudes in their 20s, though, ever. I don't know that he ever. said that as much. I don't know that he's necessarily— He said he had sources in this locker room, and no, I'm like, no. Who's talk- who would talk to no, him? No, I don't think he's used the word sources. He says he knows as a fact that there are people in that locker room that— w- Do you really find it that stretch of an ima- that, that much of a stretch to think that there are actual players in the 49ers that would be feel more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback when Trey Lance was a starter? No, no, I don't. What I don't believe is that any of them are talking to Chris Sims. Okay, that's fair. That's right. what. I, seriously, let's, like for, for instance, Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter says this. He's a reporter. He has he he has sources. I like, would Chris, think guys are more likely to talk to Chris Sims than that fat nerd. Well, but they don't because time and time again, Adam Schefter, Woj bombs and and Sham Sharani, like those are the guys that yeah. knows what's up. Right. And it, unless one of them reports it, if it's somebody like Chris, again, it's just like, well, well who who was talking to you? Who? Don't you feel as though okay, like, like if Steve Young said that, I'd believe Steve Young because I know for a fact Steve Young has been at practices in that locker room talking to people, That's including Trey Lance. So I just I do feel as though it was palpable. And again, nobody wants to see Trey Lance get hurt like that, but it just seemed to be there was a sense that when you woke up Monday morning, the 49ers were a better football team. 
according to Vegas, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just I'm just asking you as a fan or somebody that follows this stuff. And again, everybody sees this as a reflection and an indictment on Trey Lance. And or that I'm a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. Listen. You 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 are you you. No, you. I know J- Jimmy might throw his intercept because you know what's coming. Well, but you think Jimmy Garoppolo's a top ten quarterback, man? No, no. Yes, no. you do. No, I just don't get into. T- <laughs> Listen you to you. He's a top ten quarterback. No, 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 I, just I don't. don't. Put him as a top tier quarterback. I just don't get into the tiers. I, I, just I think- say I say Jimmy Garoppolo is. And, and here's the thing, okay. Top ten quarterback. Well, no, no. Oh, who's so, number ten? Maybe I do. Who's number ten on that list? I, I'd say Dak. Okay, Dak? then yeah, then he is a top yeah, ten quarterback. You think he's you think he's better than Dak Prescott, man? You 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 and Jimmy Garoppolo's mom and his and his grandmother from the Subway commercial <laughs> think he's better than Dak Prescott, man. You think Jack Dak Prescott's all that? He's gonna get beat up by Cooper Rush for crying out loud. Well, I mean, he's done. He's done for the season. Him and Lance are gonna be no, rehabbing. He's gonna be coming back in two weeks. Is he? Oh yeah, it was only like a four week injury. Yeah, no, he's he, he, listen. Dak Prescott is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, he's not better than. The, the 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 good guys, you know, it, it's no, I, and I would never make that argument. No, no, I'm saying Dak Prescott. Like you talk about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Brady, uh, uh, Rogers, uh, Herbert. You got to throw Burrow in there. Right? He's he's not he's not up there with those guys, but he's definitely better, in my opinion. He's better than the Jimmy Garoppolo's and the uh, Derek Carrs and Dak the Prescott? and the Ryan Tannehills is of the world. Yes. Dak Prescott. Yes. Wow. Like not. I don't not know. not we'll, like not heads and tails better, but yeah, he's better. Mm, he's better. I, I I don't see it. Well, that aside, it'll be Jimmy and, Garoppolo. And, 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 let, and let's not forget again because you know we got it coming up. We're about to go to the the, the, the pregame show with Low Nail and Larry Kruger. Let's not forget that you're also playing a top ten quarterback tonight. Yeah, Russell Wilson, who continues to scare me, and I I don't. I, I let me just say this: I haven't seen it in the first two games of the season. He looks like a guy that's still trying to learn. The system, trying to get on the same page with his wideouts and everybody else, is, does not instill the same sort of fear like, say, five, six years ago when he was doing his thing with the Seahawks. But that you said five, six years ago? <laughs> Let, let's, go, let's go back well, 280 I mean, days, the, the Dan. The heyday, the heyday. But just talking about— I'd say you go back seven months, he was still scary. Staying on Jimmy Garoppolo as it relates to him wanting to get back to 2017, do you, do you think we could see the playbook beginning tonight opened up a little bit more so that— he can stretch the ball down the field and be the sort of Jimmy Garoppolo of 2017. No, no, because Kyle Shanahan, listen, that's going to require the Kyle Shanahan, I'm sorry, that's going to require Jimmy Garoppolo to go full on Willie Beeman, okay? <laughs> he's not going to go Beeman. He's not that guy. He's not divisive. He's not aggressive. He is, I, honestly, if Jimmy Garoppolo has a fault, in terms of like his personality, it's that he's too nice. Yeah, he's too nice. I would have told Kyle Shanahan to get bit when he came back and said, "Hey, Jimmy, I know that uh, you know, I know that we told you to get lost, and I know that we have to pay you seven million dollars anyway. But would you want to come back for seven million? What? What? I would have told Kyle Shanahan to get bit. I would have told Kyle Shanahan to get a bit when he told me, "Hey, man, we drafted your replacement, but I want you to sit here and start for another season." Uh, so many times, and, and if any point. If at any point Jimmy Garoppolo had that that Aaron Rodgers this is BS mentality, man, I don't know that 
I don't know what what the outcome would have done, but would have been, but we would have seen that. We would have seen him challenging Kyle Shanahan's authority if he really truly believed, which he probably should have sometimes, that what Kyle Shanahan was up to was some bull. He would have called him out already. He didn't. But I think he sat there and he threw checkdowns and he said, "Oh man, I love Kyle's offense," and, and and he he handed the ball off forty times a game. But this is the closest version of him, sort of. I wouldn't say calling out, but maybe speaking. You know, via using the platform of the media to sort of get his message out there indirectly yes. to one Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, and what did he say? He's like, oh, you know, it was, you know, we just used to have a lot of fun in 2017. That's all I meant. Dude, if Aaron Rodgers was asked the same question, Dan, because he felt that way, what do you think that press conference would have sounded like? Uh, agreed. I'm just curious as to, because Kyle Shanahan, it's not personal, right? He's not going to not, he's not going to not open up the playbook and or stretch the field like he did in 2017 but, 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 because but if, but if everybody has this theory and I don't think I don't think this is true if the theory that you're going with is that Jimmy Garoppolo throws all the checkdowns and shallow crosses repeatedly is cuz that's what Kyle Shanahan wants then then why when Trey was running the offense were there way more downfield throws because I think that Trey Lance believe it or not is more effective I think he's actually more accurate throwing the ball down the field than he is throwing in the short or medium range. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. So I think the offense was customized a little bit more. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo sort of inherited that when he stepped onto the field. He was still working in offense that was custom made to that of Trey Lance. And all Jimmy is saying is that I can throw the ball down the field. Just let me do my thing. And the question now becomes, Kyle Shanahan is not going to do it because it's personal. He's going to do whatever it is. He's going to give his team the best opportunity to win a football game. And I'm just curious as to whether that works into the playbook tonight. And a couple of reasons why it may not starting tonight is because, well, Randy Gregory (laughs) and then Chubb coming off the other edge and then a guy by the name of DJ Jones in the middle. So maybe you want the ball out of his hands and more in the three- or five-step drops today as opposed to – DJ Jones isn't a pass rusher. So there will be – while you got, like, heat coming off the edge – there will be room for Jimmy to step up in the pocket and deliver throws at whatever level he wants to attack. And you can get it done because they don't and they don't have an all-world secondary. I mean, they, well, they're okay. Patrick Sertain's pretty good. They don't have the all-world secondary. Like, having one cornerback, that's good, okay? that That's the guy that's on Debo. You got Kittle back. You got you got uh, Brandon Ayuk out there. You got Jawan Jennings. Danny Gray gets in the mix, right? I, I like the depth of the Niners secondary. I'm sorry, of the Niners receivers against the the, the depth of the 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 Broncos backfield, man. Because you know, yeah, you can lock down one guy with Patrick Tan, man. He's he's like his pops. That dude is a is a lockdown cat. But I'm not super worried about what what's going to happen there. They should have room to pass the ball. They should be able to score points. Now, I am worried about the running game. I'm worried about the running game. Oh, if, if they, it, it, I, I don't know that they rush for 150 yards this game. If they do, game over because I know they're going to be able to pass. Why, but if Denver why are you can make about the running game, it hasn't. It hasn't been great. Well, it it hasn't been week. great. I been, think you'd be worried because of DJ Jones is about as good as it gets. Well, also DJ Jones. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, I mean, yeah, so it hasn't been great and DJ Jones and Chubb. Now, Randy Gregory isn't exactly a – he's not a render. He's definitely more of a pure pass rusher. Nick Chubb, he's he's pretty good at both, man, and he's good at pursuit and he's good at setting the edge. By the way, you mentioned Jawan Jennings. Shout out to this guy because one thing I like, and especially big wide receivers, the guys that – because wide receivers don't like contact, right? You don't see a lot of wide receivers wanting to block or get their nose dirty or wanting to block downfield. Did you see him last week? I think he I, he may have drawn a penalty 
when he got into, I want to say Michael Jackson with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, he those <laughs> two were going Sorry, I couldn't at resist. it. I like court. Listen, man, you don't see, a, especially guys in the slot, they're using those little white dudes, the Wes Welkers of the world. Yeah, a little quick guy, yeah. This dude is big, and he is physical, all right? I, Juwan Jennings, when I saw that, him getting into it with another DB that of the Seattle Seahawks, I'm like, man, you just went up. Serious notches in my book. Yo, this ain't new, man. If you ask me, if you ask me. Because He's a physical wide receiver. A, because Debo was effectively playing running back. Jawan Jennings was the second best receiver on the Niners for the second half of the season. Wait, when they went from three and five to five and, and four, whatever they did. All right, I think that'll do it for us. We're going to hand things off to our man Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal. They're going to take you right up until kickoff. It's the Niners and the Denver Broncos coming up at 520. But right now, it's going to be Lorenzo Neal, Larry Kruger, from my man Shamari Block, for Cam the producer. This is Dan Bone saying stay tuned. The pregame show is next right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.